This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by the brand new TCI Magazine website, the digital supplement to the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. No matter where you are in the world, you can have the top-notch content, timely industry updates, and cutting-edge advertisers you have come to expect from TCI Magazine for the past 30 years, all in the palm of your hand. The fully responsive TCI Magazine website breaks down years of content into neatly organized categories, specific to certain aspects of tree care businesses, making it easy to navigate and find articles on exactly what you're looking for. You can discuss articles in real time through the new commenting feature, as well as share articles with friends, family, and colleagues through vastly improved social sharing. We've also been listening to you, our readers, over the years, and to make the content more accessible than ever, we have included article translations for Spanish, French, German, Portuguese, and Tagalog. If English isn't your primary language, you can still enjoy the experience of reading TCI Magazine. So head over to tcimag.tcia.org to check out the brand new TCI Magazine website, the official website of the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. That's tcimag.tcia.org. <laughs> I just got out of a tree. I literally, I literally just cut a tree down and ran out here. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> I love that. Yes, thank you guys. <laughs> The tree care industry has stories and knowledge just waiting to be explored. We'll have a variety of expert guests and innovators from all corners of the industry sharing their stories and extensive knowledge on our show. On this episode of the TCIA podcast, we sit down with Tobias Weigand and discuss how to find the right place and the right person to work for, as well as using technology in the field. Tobias is an ISA certified arborist, a TCIA certified tree care safety professional, a instructor for North American Training Solutions, and a member of Husqvarna's H team. I guess this is pointing out the obvious, but you're in a truck right now. Uh, How do you manage to pull out an hour of time out of your workday to to come speak with us? Is that on you or is that on somebody else? So I got a call. Guy wanted me to come contract. And I said, okay, what days you got? And he was like, I need Thursday and Friday. So uh, Thursday, we hammered out a huge job and just grinded. Everybody did really awesome. And, uh, and today is a really easy day. But previous to that, I said, look, I can do Thursday and Friday, but Friday at 10, I have to do this podcast. And, um, and they were like, yeah, cool. Do your thing, you know? So, but what I tried to do is I got here and I just tried to, put all this stuff on the ground. So they're, they're not just sitting waiting on me. They have, they have stuff to do, but, uh, but yeah, it's basically the guy that I'm working for. is awesome. That's what it comes down to. He's just an awesome dude. And he is like, go do your thing. Um, I, you know, I even asked him for some input on what stuff he does, you know, because the whole thing, the entire thing is a team effort. You know, it's not one person is running the show. You know, you got, uh, the client calls, you know, somebody goes out and looks at the job and you have the crew that goes out and they do the job. And there's not one person in particular that is making everything work. It's a, it's a total team effort across the board. So that just means when I'm done here, I have to go out there and just grind like extra hard because, uh, because I just sat down. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta show improve too. I always tell people do your fair share and more. It's not going to take anything. You only have things to gain by, uh, by giving, you know, and like don't have any 
expectation in anything in return. The the other thing I, I like, I tell my kids all the time, the joy is in doing right. Like you're, you're, you're giving because that's what is the good part that you're doing. Like that is the reward. Don't do something expecting something in return. Anything in return is just bonus. I'll just go back out there and, and grind super hard. So right now they got a dude dragon brush and, uh, so what I'll do is I'll just go try to drag more brush than he does. And he'll be like, oh, wow, this guy came and climbed and put a mess on the ground. And now he's helping me. And then when he says thanks, I'll say, no, it's a team effort, you know, and then we're good. What do you look for in a, a company when you go to work for them? Because, I mean, you said that this is a good company to work for a good guy. What makes them good? You know, what what should somebody be looking for if they're trying to get into the industry and, you know, really learn from somebody who they can see as a mentor going forward in the future? Okay. So that's kind of a, a two, a two-sided question really. So what I look for at this point in my career is, I don't really know, just kind of like what their attitude is. Like when I first speak to them and then I go see them. If, uh, if it's just completely crazy what they have going on and I can't see a way to work within it safely, then I'll just decline. I'll say, no, nah, you know, like I'm not, I'm not interested in, and I'm honest with them. And I say, these are the reasons why. If you want, you know, guidance or whatever, I can help you with that. And if they don't, it's, it's whatever. As far as getting into the industry, it really depends on where you live. I was really, really lucky with where I lived and the people that I met and the opportunities that I had. Um, I've, I found uh, Tree Buzz online and that's, that's, another, that's another great resource, but it's a forum of tree guys. It's still really active. Uh, a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff on there. Good community. Um, but I, I found tree buzz and art with tree service kept popping up on there. And, uh, and I was like, huh, what is this company? So I looked them up and they were in Charlotte and I was like, Oh, look at that. They're here in Charlotte. And, uh, and I just did a little bit of research into like when a company would be hiring, like what time of year and went in and, took me like a month of going back and asking for work. And then they finally gave me a job. And at the time I didn't know I was walking into a really, really awesome company. So they have great training right out of the, right out of the gate. And, um, they, they're the ones that kind of set me on this, on this path. Had I not found them, uh, or fallen into them, uh, my next choice was going to be Bartlett because, uh, the Bartlett Arboretum and, that stuff is it's in Charlotte as well. So they have a, a large presence and I know they had good training. I, I kind of went in looking for training, but I didn't know that Hartwood offered great training and I knew Bartlett did, but people just had great things to say about Hartwood in the industry. I got in, I really owe a lot, a lot to uh, Patrick George, the owner of Hartwood. He's, he's done a whole lot for me. Yeah. I would look for a company that had excellent training, um, You'll know that they have excellent training because they'll have it documented. Or if, if they use documentation in general, okay, uh, then you know they're they're doing some things right. It's one thing when somebody says, yeah, we do that. But it's another thing when they say, yeah, we do that, and here's a record of it. You know, now they you have uh, they have some validity. So um, that's that's a good thing. Look for the culture of the people. You know, if it's if guys just show up. And, uh, and there's not like camaraderie if these guys aren't like hanging out and doing stuff and, uh, and having fun and cracking jokes, you know, cause basically you get to climb around all day and cuss at your friends and, uh, and, and spit and stuff like that. So if it's, if that's not what's going on, 
you know, if there's people complaining or uh, doing stuff like, you know, dragging their feet kind of stuff, then that's just a sign of the culture at the, uh, at the company. So look for a good culture, look for good training opportunities. Um, look for things. If they, if they say things like, um, you know, if they're hiring somebody and they say, do you have a, a commercial driver's license? And you say, no, they say, look, well, you need to get one in 90 days. And if you say, well, can you help me do that? And they say, yes, like that's, that's a green light. You know, if they say, no, you just need to go get it. Then that you, that's already, they're not going to give you any training on how to drive their own trucks, you know? So, uh, so that's kind of like a red flag. Not everybody has that opportunity. Some people live in, uh, rural places, remote places, um, some people just live in a part of town that they can't work for that kind of company. So, uh, again, I would say, uh, you know, your local ISA chapter, right. Uh, get to know those people. Um, TCIA is a great resource. You can go online and, uh, and find all kinds of accredited companies. Um, if you can get in with an accredited company, there's your paper trail of things that they've had to do to, uh, to become accredited. Um, those are, those are all great resources. And, uh, and if, and on your own, if you seek out training, if you were to go to a Vermeer dealership for a Vermeer show and, um, find people there, you know, those are going to be like-minded people. There's the people that are there, you know, to, to get some knowledge, you know, some of them are going to be there to get CEUs or whatever, but, uh, but it's still, it's people there, uh, collecting data that they need to further themselves in the industry and keep themselves active in the industry. So those are the, those are the things that I would look for. Like I said before, if you just get involved, right, get informed, be part of the industry and you're going to find other like-minded people that are involved and informed in the industry as well. And that's going to lead to all the other opportunities and, uh, and, and, and the good people that are in the industry. So you want to be with the people that are, that are moving it forward. If you go talk to a company and they don't know what you're talking about, and they've never been to any uh, industry events or anything, and they're not active on uh, either social media or on TreeBuzz or uh, within the ISA or within PCIA, then they're, you know that they're missing opportunities. And if they're missing these opportunities, working for that company is not going to get you those opportunities. I'm going to take us into left field a little bit here. Sorry, Joe. But I really liked a lot of what you were saying about um, – community and you mentioned tree buzz and all of these sort of channels. And I guess right now, a lot of what's at the forefront of my mind is just technology. Um, you know, being able to engage with you guys in opportunities like this with zoom calls, um, and technology is really rising to the top of where we're at. I'm curious what you think, um, technology's role is in this industry now and moving forward, particularly, um, in light of this pandemic. Wow. That's a huge, huge question. Um, <clears throat> So, so backing up real quick, your, your technology question really, uh, reminded me of something. So part of storm work, being prepared and all that kind of stuff, just being prepared for the season, right? Um, a lot of people are using, uh, Sina kind of communication devices and other types of communication, communication devices, make sure those work, you know, like they got little wires in them. I'm constantly replacing mine because it'll get snagged on stuff. And, uh, 
and they get broken, things like that. So I might go months and my left ear doesn't work. And my right and my right ear is the only one that I'm communicating out of that I can hear out of. So if I know it's about to kick off or say there's been tornadoes or hurricanes or fires or something like that, where communication is going to be critical, then I want that stuff to work. So, um, so the communication uh, is huge, right? And a lot of, uh, we rely on that technology. So, um, yeah, so make sure that's up to speed. Everybody's got it and, uh, and you have a way to, to do it and have a contingency plan for when your communication falls apart. So if something happens and now you're no longer LinkedIn or whatever, have a way to communicate with hand signals, you know? So just because you're doing storm work with a crane and you can communicate with the crane operator, you guys are talking and you can use, uh, you can, you can communicate vocally. Um, if something happens, then you need to know all the hand signals for the crane operator, you know, to know how to boom up, boom down, cable up, cable down, you know, swing left and right, all that stuff. So you got to know all that stuff. Cause if you don't, then you're just kind of going to be stuck there and they're going to have to interpret what you want. And, um, you know, first thing it's going to do is slow the job down, you know, and then it's going to become an unsafe environment. That's, uh, that's one thing going to be huge. Um, and then the other forms of technology is, uh, companies use programs like Arbor gold, things like that. Uh, you can put all that stuff on a tablet. Now you can put work orders on a tablet. Um, even with, uh, Google docs, you can create, uh, JSAs, um, uh, vehicle inspections, um, job site repair lists. I mean, any, any type of document that you would have in your office, you can create on, uh, on Google docs, save it to your homepage. And now the guys in the field can take pictures and, and fill this documentation out in real time on the job. So they don't get back to the shop. And then they're like, Oh yeah, Mrs. Smith, we owe her a terracotta pot or whatever. Um, or a, a bird feeder or something. And, uh, and you didn't put that on there, you know? So this way you can fill out the Google doc, you hit send and it, it goes to designated emails and, uh, and then, you know, for all, you know, somebody might get that and all of a sudden they're bringing it that day, you know? So, uh, it'll, it'll keep the client satisfaction up. It gives you more than one way to communicate, you know, so you can have it in writing, you could do it digitally and you can do it verbally like over the phone. Um, if a client has access to that stuff, uh, you just have, uh, the redundancy in communication. So it doesn't get shuffled away and lost. And then as far as meetings and things like that go, uh, I have used, uh, meetings, uh, zoom meetings. So I use zoom meetings with, uh, North American training solutions. They do a whole lot. They actually just did a, uh, an empower the trainer, um, program, uh, all through, um, I think, I think it was all through zoom, but they did it all online. And, uh, I think that was the first of its kind that they've done and it was really successful. So, uh, you could do the same thing with clients and, uh, and, and do it in real time. That's, that's one thing I found is even just with like FaceTime on, uh, on an iPhone client can call me and they can say, Hey, Tobias, do you remember our tree that was leaning? And they go, I think it's leaning more. And you can say, yeah, sure. Like FaceTime me and show me the tree. And you can actually have them stand in the same position that you were there when you stood in the first time to see if it's leaning anymore, you know, and you can say, Hey, go up to the base of the tree. I want to see the base of the tree. Uh, don't walk on it. Cause I want to see if there's like a crack in the, in the root plate, like if it's uh, a peeping and, uh, or something like that. And it can help you prioritize stuff. Um, as far as administrative kind of things, 
I'm, I'm a tree guy. I don't do like a lot of that stuff. So, um, so I don't really know much about the administrative side of, uh, of the meetings and things like that. I would imagine, uh, in the, uh, utility aspect of it, um, it might be really good to, uh, to use because utilities, they have guys in remote areas that travel a lot. And if they needed to check in or fill in any type of documentation and things like that, doing it, uh, uh electronically might be, uh, might be better, you know, than to go and sit at, uh, you know, in your hotel and email everybody a thousand times. Um, if you had a Google doc on your tablet, you might be able to fill that stuff out in real time and account for everything in real time. And, uh, and there you have it. Uh, one thing I really like is the, uh, the electronic JSAs. So you fill the JSA out, you can do it at Google doc or, uh, other apps that they have. And you fill it out and you send it. So it's been documented. So you've uh, completed that portion of, uh, of your due diligence and documenting the job site analysis, but it goes directly to the people that it's supposed to go to. So if something does happen on a job site and uh, something goes wrong, the person that you sent the JSA to, when they get notified, they can bring that JSA up and they can see right then and there, like, if that hazard was documented or what kind of what something changed or whatever. So they're getting the information faster than having to send somebody out there, gather the information, get the possibly get the information secondhand or, uh, you know, not having the time themselves to go to, to go do it or whatever. Um, but the technology is just really enabling, uh, information data to travel faster and just keep everybody up to speed, which is awesome. You know, like that's what you need. If you look at that through, uh, through an emergency lens, um, if there's a catastrophic event and someone is injured and they need to be uh, stabilized, you have about an hour to, to get them stable or else their chances of uh, survival start to drop off significantly. You know, so if, uh, if you looked at any emergency through, uh, through that type of lens, the faster you get the information, the faster you can get solutions and the, the faster you can remedy the situation. So that's the benefit that I, I see of uh, technology. Yeah, thank you. I agree with you. I really like everything that you said because I think it highlights the idea that technology allows us to work smarter and not harder so that then you guys can spend you know more time in the tree or, or with your families. There's a phrase, uh, I got it off tree buzz because uh, uh, Mark Chisholm started Tree Buzz and he has this thing. He always says, uh, I don't know if he came up with it, but I'm going credit, to credit it to him. He says, work smarter and harder. And I, I love that. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I'll get on jobs and people will have uh, machines to move debris. And these guys are like standing around waiting for the machine to move the debris. And I'm like, no, we have the machine and that machine can move debris, but you're still able to move debris as well. So now we can move more debris. So it's not necessarily, you know, like, yeah, it's work smarter, but not work less, you know, work smarter and harder. So I really, I dig that phrase a lot. Of course he said that, of course. Amy, I didn't know if you want to talk about the Husqvarna H team with Tobias. Yeah, Tobias, I was hoping, um, I know that you're a part of the H team, and I just was hoping you could talk to us a little bit more about sort of what that looks like and what that means. So it's like a superstar team of action heroes that we get flown all over the world and they feed us caviar. We have our own jet. Uh, we have a, a mountain hideout that we all live in. And um, and whenever they need uh, 
H team action heroes, we get a, a call on a special phone and then we all go with action. No, um, it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's a really, uh, it's a mind blowing opportunity that I had. Um, everybody that's involved in it in the world is super knowledgeable, super good at what they do. Um, every time I'm around them, I have to I kind of look around. And I think, well, why am I here? You know? Um, and I, and I secretly hope that they're doing the same thing, but, um, but it's great. It's basically what we are, are we are end users of the product and, um, and we are in the field using the products every day. I can't speak for everyone, but myself, I don't feel obligated by Husqvarna to, uh, like push Husqvarna equipment. I feel obligated to give them my honest input and to give end users my honest input. And they seem to really appreciate that. And it's cool. You get to, you get to use some new stuff. Um, you get to kind of, uh, check stuff out and see what you would like. Uh, every year we go to a big global meeting and, um, they go over all this new stuff and it's all top secret. They show you all this stuff and you're either like, that's a go or a no go. And one time I asked them, I said, how much, how much time and money went into making that? And they were like, 3,000 hours, like $150,000 or something. And they had held it up. And within five minutes, everybody in the room is like, no, not that, you know? And they're like, okay, moving on. And they just pull something else out. So they really listen. Again, it's, it's so much knowledge, so much knowledge. And, uh, and now that I know some of these people, it's awesome people, awesome amounts of knowledge. And, uh, and it's another great resource. So I always tell people like, I'm not the best I'm not the fastest. I don't know everything, but I have a whole bank of resources that we can get answers from, you know? So if someone messages me, like people do it all the time. They message me about chainsaws all the time, uh, things they love, things they hate. And, uh, and I'm able to reach out directly to uh, the R&D guys at Husqvarna and get them just such matter of fact answers that they really appreciate it. And if I can't get the matter of fact answers, the R and D guys will ask me, can you get the chainsaw? Can you bring us the saw that they're talking about? You know, and if I can, then I'll take that saw to them and they, and they want to rip it apart and find out what's going on with it to make improvements to it. So Husqvarna really listens to uh, what we say, what our needs are. And uh, you know, they've gone so far as to create a group of people that are end users that talk to end users uh, to to fish out uh, the good and the bad that they're doing and uh, and to make improvements with uh, the the power tools. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's awesome. It, it really is awesome. Did that answer your question? Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping that you would just kind of illuminate to those of us who may not be as familiar with it. Um, Husqvarna is a longtime partner of TCI, so we really appreciate um, what they do for us and obviously what they do for the industry because they really put, you know, put the effort into making uh, the products that they think is going to best serve you guys. The last thing I want to really say is, um, and it's what I said before, you are the forefront. You are, for your own safety, you are the first line of defense, right? Your, your mind and your eyes and your voice are the first line of defense. And if you are able to keep yourself safe, then you can keep others safe. And that being said, if you haven't been working for a while or you're going into a new situation, be it storm work or, or some kind of disaster relief, or, uh, or you just move to another part of the country, 
the fundamentals of what we do always need to be practiced, right? Because once the fundamentals fall off, then that's when complacency really gets in there. And the fundamentals are just things like chalk your truck, you know, like when you get out of your truck, put the chalk down, you know, all the little things that you do that, uh, that you might expect other people to do. Just, I, I would rather get out of my truck and everybody put a chalk down, you know, when we don't need it versus we expect one guy to do it. And then that day he doesn't do it. And then something happens that day, you know, wear your PPE, inspect your PPE. Um, if it's hot, make sure that your friends are drinking water. If it's cold, make sure that everyone is as comfortable as they can be, you know, keep an eye on each other for heat exhaustion or uh, hypothermia or anything like the fundamental stuff, check in with each other in the morning. Hey, how you doing? You having a good day? You tired? What's going on? You know what I mean? Like it could be anything, right? Like I have two one-year-old twins when they were born, I was showing up to work and I had to tell guys like, Hey, look, I didn't get like any sleep last night. I'm going to, I'm going to ask extra questions today, right? To double check that everybody's on the same page before I do something. And, um, if, and if anybody else, feels like pushing skill levels today, it might be an okay day to do it. You know, like I have the wherewithal to instruct. I don't have the wherewithal to instruct and grind really hard today. Things like that, you know? So uh, a lot of it ends up being obvious. People are like hungover or whatever, but any change that you've had in your life, then even, even with this whole coronavirus thing, right? If your anxiety about working is high, just say that, like, hey, I I don't like this virus thing. It's freaking me out. It freaks my kids out. You know, that's all we talk about at dinner time. And my mind is occupied with that. You only have so much attention that you can pay. And uh, and if your mind is on other things and you're not going to be focused on things, it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, hey, I'm having trouble focusing today. I'm going to need assistance focusing. Please help me. That's perfectly fine to say. Join us next time as we sit down with Tracy Takeuchi and discuss what it's like to be an educator during a pandemic. The TCIA podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. To learn more about the podcast or to listen to previous episodes, visit us at podcast.tcia.org. Thank you.